Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Well, hello, 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 and welcome back to the Financial Coaches Podcast. I am joined today, as always, by the wonderful and lovely Maria Casillas. Maria, Hello. how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing good. Good. Doing good. Good. So today we are going to talk about um, some different sides of coaching. Uh, you know, really focusing on the um, the internal aspects of coaching and, and the internal transformation mm. uh, that kind of comes with it. Um, and, you know, having these discussions with your clients can be, uh, you know, it requires people to be very vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and it can get a little bit uncomfortable sometimes, but it's always well worth it because in the end, they they walk out with like this new sense of purpose, this new understanding of themselves and why they're doing things and who they want to be throughout the whole process. And those are the things that, in my opinion, are what actually drive the results um, yeah. far greater than any sort of budget sheet or, you know, plan for their money. It's, it's what starts from within uh, that really, really matters. Amen, brother. Uh, I'm just kind of curious, does it get uncomfortable for them or does it get uncomfortable for us? Or is it a little bit of Potentially both. both. Mm. Potentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, anytime that you take Anytime that you, you know, go beyond those like barriers that we have naturally as people, you know, like we have these like walls that are set up and it's a defense mechanism. You know, you mm -hmm. don't want to be super vulnerable um, because, you know, you could be put into a, a possibly uncomfortable position or, you know, anything like that. So there's, there's those walls. And when you're trying to break down those walls and to see what the actual truth is behind it, um, it can be uncomfortable for the person, you know, the client, because they're the ones who really are, are you know, having those shields be lifted, mm -hmm. uh, or I guess actually shields be let down. Um, but it can also be uncomfortable for the, for the coach, because like, you have to be the one to dig. You have to be the one to like, actually like, pull back those layers and, and like, really try and reach something. Um, and sometimes you have to kind of like set your own boundaries too. Like, you don't, you don't mm -hmm. want to push too hard, but at the same time, you don't want to not push enough. Interesting. So it's that delicate balance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you say that we're kind of getting to the heart of, of who they are, tell me what you mean by that. And this is one of my favorite topics. So I'm really excited to talk about this today and dig in a little bit, but tell me a little bit about what you mean. And then I'll definitely add some layers onto that. Yeah. So I have just found that, you know, with, with coaching people and even for even my, my own life, um, that it oftentimes isn't really about the thing that we want to accomplish. And it's not even really about like, you know, the way that we do it, but more so of like how it really affects us and our values and our morals and what we actually care about, you know, um, that that's the biggest motivator and that's the biggest driver. 
And sometimes it's, it's very easy to, you know, say you're trying to pay off debt or you're trying to buy a house or you're trying to build wealth, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to look at those things and just be solely focused on that. Um, and that might be like a good motivator at first, but at the end of the day, like being debt free and the idea of being debt free or the idea of buying your dream house, it's just not enough because that's not what you're actually after. Like you're not after that, like badge of honor that says I'm debt free or that badge of honor that says I have a cool house. You're not after that. Like what you're after is, is the feeling that you're actually going to be experiencing from that mm. and the, and the, the lives that you're actually going to be able to touch through that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it's more so of a that's benchmark. what I mean by like the, the heart behind it is like, we're not actually going after just like the, the, the labels of things. Yeah. You're actually going after something that's far deeper. Yeah. Yeah. So I know, I don't know about you. Are you familiar with Simon Sinek? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've, we, talked we've talked about him. About yeah, mm -hmm. I, th I thought so. We've talked about him and the, the whole, we've talked about him in, in terms of starting with why. Mm -hmm. I would also like to bring in the other author who talks about who, starting with who. And I know, is it, is it, help me out with this. I know you know the answer. Is it Leary? James no. Cleary. James Clear. It is yep. Cleary. Okay. So James Cleary, and I know he actually says in clear. his book, Clear. James Clear? Yeah. Let me just be clear here. Okay. <laughs> it's James Clear. We don't want to, we don't want to butcher this and I totally butchered it. I apologize, James. But James did say in the beginning of his book that his book is actually more of a curation of a bunch of ideas that have been a long, around for a long, long time. And that he basically just put them all together and had like these epiphanies and stuff. And so, um, so it's not something that was his original thought. And yet it was, the, it was put in such a way that made so much sense. And, and when I was reading it in this, in a nutshell, he talks about how there are three layers of change of behavior change. And the one that most people focus on is that outer layer. That's where we start. And that is like our, our goals or the results that we're trying to get. And then the next layer in is going to be like the, the processes that we use and, um, and then the, which is kind of like the, how do we get there? And then the middle one is your identity and that that's who we're trying to become. And so often we start again on that outer layer and start moving in. Whereas very much like Simon Sinek says, if we start with who or why, then move outward, we're actually going to see better results. And so I had read the start with why years and years ago. And then when I read, um, I don't even remember what it's called. I think it's Atomic Habits, right? Atomic Habits. Okay. Yep. So when I read that a few years ago, it was very, very easy for my mind to immediately like almost use one of those transparencies where you put one over the other. And I'm like, oh my gosh, these totally <laughs> add up and, and they're very, very similar. And so I've actually, since then had had that epiphany, I've actually been using that idea with my clients for, for years now. So no longer do we start with, okay, let's sit down and talk about your goals. You know, do you want to become debt free or, or do you want to just pay this off? We don't even go there. We're like, okay, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Who do you want to become? They're like, what? <laughs> what, what do you mean? Who do I like? What, didn't I hire you to help me pay stuff up? Trust me. It will come when we get this part done. So mm -hmm. 
that's my background with why I do it this way. Is that similar to yours, Cody, or is it completely off base from what you do? No, it's, it's almost exactly, you know, like those two topics, like finding your why and, and figuring out who you want to become. Mm-hmm. Those are two critical things that I like, it's like a non-negotiable, like we need to talk about those things. Um, and I talk about them relatively early too, mm-hmm. uh, because like, you know, you need to start with those. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- there's just, there's so much power behind it. Um, and it makes the entire journey that much more exciting and that much more enjoyable and that much more clear as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, no pun and intended. I tell people this uh, all the time. I'm like, you know, I, I want you to picture yourself as like an egg. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's two ways for an egg to break. One is, is for the egg to break on the outside. Okay. So if you were to break on the outside... Um, that egg would die. It would go into a frying pan. Uh, you know, maybe like a fox would eat it or something mm-hmm. like that. Right? Or me. That's what I had earlier today, actually. Yes, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it was a there Friday. You go. <laughs> but it would die. And there's a lot of ways to break on the outside. You know, mm-hmm. like you, you could break from, you know, just having so much payments coming out. You could break from living from paycheck to paycheck. You could break from anxiety, from depression, from, you know, a stressed marriage. There's so many ways to break from the outside. Mm -hmm. But if you only focus on just protecting that outer shell, you're going to be nothing but an egg inside of a carton. That's all you're going to be. But if you really focus on breaking through from the inside, and, the, and you're the egg. If you have a breakthrough from the inside, then there's life. You become a chicken, <laughs> right? Just what everyone's wanted to be. <laughs> yes. But there's life. That's yeah. the key. There's life. And you can start creating that life that you actually want. Why? Because you focused on the internal transformation to get there. And if you don't focus on that, and if you don't have that be a part of your curriculum, um, when you're, when you're coaching your clients, they could seriously be missing out on something truly magical. Yeah. Yep. And for those people who are listening, who are like type A and they're just like the box checkers, I want to make sure that you don't think that doing this exercise or this process with your clients is the first thing that you do. And that that's the only time that you do it. The The reason that we would do this in the beginning is because it gives us a way to talk to our clients when, when they get stuck on something. This just happened to me last night with a client, actually. Um, and one of the things was that they went off of their plan. And his plan, that the way he deviated from his plan was to buy a camper. And he had the money to buy the camper, but the money had already been labeled, if you will, as an opportunity fund, because this is an entrepreneur who's really good at finding opportunities, flipping them, and then being able to turn that into his income. Um, And so one of the things he wanted to learn how to do was to be fully self-sufficient with that. So we had set up this opportunity fund so he would no longer have to go and get loans to do that. You following me, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so there was approximately $30,000 in this opportunity fund for him and he found a camper. 
And the camper was about eight to $10,000. And he had the money. He used the money from his opportunity fund. And he allowed himself to convince himself that it was fine because it was something that was important to him. It was a it was a, a way for his family to connect and f- connecting with his family is very important. Well, if I hadn't done some of the foundational work, I mean, how do you how do you like, rebut that? Like, you can't be like, oh, no, your family's not important. <laughs> like, you, this is like, wh- where do you go with that? What I was able to do, though, was talk to him about how what what is more important to you? Do you know what what did you steal from? Like I told him, you kind of put on a ski mask and you walked into a bank and you stole from your future self. And he's like, oh man, like why did you gotta put it like that? And I said, Well, it might be okay if the good cause was the fact that you were, you know, hanging out with your family. That's a really good cause. And he's like, Yeah. And so he thought he was getting away with this for a second. I said, Remind me why you wanted that opportunity fund. It's like, because I really don't want to have to work full time. I said, and remind me why you don't want to have to work full time. And he was able to get it back to, well, it's for my family. So now we had family versus family. And that's totally different than dollars versus dollars. Do I have it or do I not? And so we asked, I was able to ask him, which of those things is going to get you closer to what you actually want to do with your family? Being able to go camping and not sleep on the floor. Because he's been sleeping on the floor in his mind. Like he had said this in his words. We've been, we've been camping on the floor for eight years. So I said, so why, why now? Why can you all of a sudden not camp on the floor? Right. And when he realized that he was giving up the, the potential ability to not have to ever work full time for someone else, he realized, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. And we didn't, we didn't get stuck in guilt. We didn't get stuck in the shoulds, woulds, and coulds. What we did was help him understand when you're having that internal dialogue, This is what I want you to ask yourself because he was falling back into the old habit of asking himself, do I have the money for it? Well, the answer was yes, because we had done such a good job of setting that up. So he did have the money. And if we left it at that, he would have just spent it like he did. He would have continued that pattern later on. And yet he wouldn't have gotten in the end what he really wanted. So this mm-hmm. is not just a check box, right? We don't just do it once to say, well, we've done it. Now let's move on. Let's get to the real stuff, the results. Instead, what I like to talk about is that we start with defining who you want to become and why. And then we start mapping out the processes. What would a person who is that person, what would their habits look like? What would their daily process look like? And we start mm-hmm. using that to set up that middle layer. And then instead of focusing on the results, all we do is track them. We track the results. We measure the results because those are fun. Like we we can get feedback from that, but that is absolutely not the focus. What I love about what uh, you had kind of unpacked with that client um, is the fact that because you had those conversations beforehand and then this thing happened later on, It's not like you had to address it as a new issue, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not like you had to convince him that like maybe he should or should not have done that. Right. Right. Um, All you did was you just asked the question of like, you know, okay, well, why'd you do that? Well, this is why. Okay. But why did, why is that important? You know, and like you just started asking the questions that you already knew the answer to and that he 
already knew the answer to. Mm-hmm. And you didn't really tell him anything. You just asked the questions because you knew that he knew, you know, yeah. and, and the point is, is that like, if you didn't have that conversation before, he wouldn't have known, he wouldn't have made that connection. Um, but the fact that you did made him realize like, you know, like I did kind of put this, I painted this up as like this thing that was actually going to serve me. Um, but what it, what it really was, it was just a distraction of what I really, really wanted. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, so having those conversations is very important because you can always go back to them and have it be like that, like that core of everything yep. that you work off of and everything that they do, you know, and even talking about like the language, like you said, like, um, you know, like what kind of person is this person? You know, like um, uh, you had said, what kind of behaviors does this person do? What kind of thoughts do they have? Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I do the same thing with my clients too. You know, like when we talk about who, who they want to become, I ask them, I'm like, okay, well, what, what kind of behaviors does this type of person do? Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of language does this person have? How does this person treat other people? Like all of that kind of stuff. Um, because at the end of the day, if you're someone who's trying to lose a hundred pounds, you're not just going to be like, I want to lose a hundred pounds. I want to lose a hundred pounds. I want to lose a hundred pounds. If you were to do that, I guarantee you, you're not going to lose a hundred pounds. Right. You might but, gain a hundred pounds. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you were to instead approach every decision and every day with this lens to where you ask yourself, is this decision that I'm about to make something that a healthy person would do? Mm-hmm. If the answer is yes, great. Go do that because I am a healthy, healthy person. person. Mm-hmm. If the answer is no, great. Don't do it. Why? Because I am a healthy person. Mm-hmm. So talking about finances, you know, if a, if a decision comes up and we make decisions all the time, I don't even know how many decisions we make in a day. I, I know it's like crazy. I think it's like, it's thousands of decisions. Oh, at you least. Know? especially thousands if you children. Because then you're making in their just decisions a single too. Day. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if we were to approach those, those decisions that um, are financially related and we say, is this what a financially responsible person does? Yes or no? Answer the question. And then you can make your decision based off of the fact that I am a financially responsible person. Mm-hmm. Identity. I am a financially responsible person. And yep. this is why I'm making this choice. Yep. Um, one of the things that, so Mike Keneally, one of the co-founders of New Money Habits, who, who you know, we, we do this podcast for, uh, he had told me something years ago and it has stuck with me since. And he, because t- he, I know a lot of clients are like, I don't feel like that person. So I feel like, you know, this, this like for the idea, the, a whole manifestation idea, for example, like, I don't, I feel like I'm, you know, lying to myself because I don't feel like that person. And in a different context, Mike told me something about the idea of telling the truth in advance. And I don't even know if he realized at the time how impactful that was because it, it solves so much of this problem. 
like it is the truth you're not lying to yourself you're just telling the truth in advance you are identifying as who you are in the future and you're just saying it in advance of that and you're owning that and then you're allowing your habits and your behaviors and your thoughts and your feelings to embrace that and and then the results are coming from that so yeah telling the truth in advance i just love that and i think it's something that will stick with me forever um and i again i i've told him thanks for that but again i don't think he really realized that it was so impactful in the moment that he was telling me it was probably some sort of joke that he was giving me at the time but it obviously has some real impact the other thing i want to say just because we're so focus on words and, and what things mean. I've been using the word foundational for all of this, saying that this is actually a foundational thing. And you use the word mm -hmm. core. And I just want to say that I love that use of that word instead of foundational. I do believe that as we think about what foundational is, it's not a wrong word. Foundational is true. But because of the images that I have with this, with, you know, there being the center and then the outer layers, the word core just really hits that image. And it, it makes it so easy to identify that and be like, yeah, this, so this is a core issue that we need to talk about. So thank you for that language around that. I appreciate it. It definitely is in more alignment with the images that I see. Well, it totally rocks you to your core. <laughs> you just can't resist, can you? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is what happens when you have a baby, you know, you, you have to double down on the dad jokes. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. You know. Oh, I, I love it. Speaking, speaking to the, um, the uh, telling yourself the truth in advance, uh -huh. um, there's another good book out, out there called Personality Isn't Permanent. Mm. Um, and I think... I think I've his not name heard is of that Dr. Already. David Hardy. Okay. Yeah. Um, David Hardy? Not Darren I Hardy, think, right? What is it? Is it? Do, oh, I know of a Darren Hardy, so I don't know if that's, that wouldn't be It might same. be Darren Hardy. Oh, really? But, okay. Because I really like Darren Hardy's work. I just hadn't heard of that book. Okay. Personality isn't permanent. I'll have to yes, look it up. Personality isn't permanent. Um, he, it's a psychology book and he did like this pretty massive study um, with several thousand people over the course of of like 10 or 20 years. And um, he, he found that the people who ended up having the most success in life mm -hmm. were the ones who weren't putting themselves in boxes or putting labels on themselves or telling themselves like, well, that's not who I am or, or anything like that. Like, you know, even right down to labeling each you know, themselves as like an introvert or an extrovert or a Virgo or, you know, the lion or, you know, whatever it might be, um, you know, those labels are very, very limiting and very mm -hmm. toxic. Um, and he said that the people who actually saw the most long-term success and had the, the best transformation overall were the ones who didn't start in a place to where they are now, but they got there because they told themselves consistently over time that they are capable, that they are those things, that they will do those things, and that they are consistently working toward becoming the version of themselves that they actually want to be. Yeah. Yep. That's, that resonates a lot. Dr. Benjamin Hardy is the author of that book. Benjamin I, Hardy. Yeah. Okay. I, I admittedly looked it up, but I do like a lot of his stuff as well. I subscribe to his... Um, his videos. So yeah, I mean, I know that's not shocking because I love psychology. So, uh, but that's, that's really a good point, Cody, is that, you know, 
it's it's not not only is it not permanent it's not predestined you know we it's not predetermined who we are uh, so we do have a say in it we have some control over it there are some things we don't have control over you know the color of our eyes and how tall we're going to be and and that kind of thing but but there are some stuff that we actually do have a little bit of control over and it, that's mm-hmm. that's actually an empowering and ultimately kind of scary thing sometimes too because when we take a step back and realize that we're kind of responsible for where we are in a lot of ways. Then we get to take responsibility for that as well. Uh, but the well, flip side of think that about is it as like, think of someone like Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I'm pretty sure that he didn't make his, his high school basketball team. He was cut. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he was born with this amazing ability. Right. You know, um, he was born he with some quit, height, you know, he, he could have listened to someone else, someone else and just been like, you're not good enough and then believe that about himself right. and then never became Kobe Bryant, you know? Right. But instead what he did was he told himself, no, I, I am not only good enough, but I am an elite basketball player mm-hmm. and I will be a basketball player that goes down in the history books. And guess what? He did. Mm-hmm. And how did he get there? He did the things that elite basketball players that go down in history books he was up before all of the rest of his teammates i've seen so many interviews with his teammates talking about kobe and how he was you know there was i actually saw one the other day the other night he's like you know we were all out on this like retreat or something and he was like i really wanted to pride myself in being the first one up and having breakfast and like all this kind of stuff so i woke up at like 4 30 i went down and i was the first one up and i felt really good but then after like five minutes, I saw Kobe walk in from outside and he was drenched in sweat. And he's like, it. it took me a second to realize what was going on. But I realized that Kobe had been up for over an hour and a half mm-hmm. while I was sleeping. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the kind of thing like that tenacity and, and that just like that just willingness to just be that person and become that person against all odds against getting cut in his high school basketball team. He didn't let it keep him down Yeah, because he knew who he wanted to be. Yep. Great story. And and what a great way to end today's episode, just being able to make that analogy and helping our, our listeners realize how important it is to really look at that core and help your client look at their core so that you have some talking points around that. It gives you a language to use with your client. And I think that that is so important. And it's just a piece that I think a lot of us miss out on because a lot of people think, well, I need to know all of this about what a budget looks like. And I need to be able to define this and I need to be able to explain that. And yet, if we really just take a step back and realize if we can get this down, this is the language that we need to speak with each one of our individual clients and as couples too, because that's something when I'm working with a couple or family, when we are talking about this stuff, I actually tell them, we're going to find out who you want to become as an individual, who you want to become as a couple and who you want to become as a family, because those identities can be, and oftentimes are very different intertwined. Yes but different and separate. And so it's important to be able to identify those things with those clients of ours so that we can have a language to talk with them and to them when they are going through their process of transformation. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you guys want to have a place to share some of those breakthrough stories, we would love to hear from you. And one of the best ways to hear from you is to join our Facebook group. Absolutely. There's been some fun stuff in there. Is New Money Habits Financial Coaches. So if you haven't yet hopped in there, you should do it. It's fun. And we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> and let us know you learned about it from this podcast. So that's that's one of the questions on there. And it's really fun to see who's been hearing us and being benefited by the, the content that we're providing to you and that you're landing in that group via this particular podcast. So thank you for that, you guys. It's always a pleasure to be here with you guys. And thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast. Brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.